Good morning. I'm Tim Neubauer, and welcome to Safety Unlocked, the morning podcast. And I'm Chad Huffman. And I'm Dave Bittner. Today is Tuesday, June the 6th, 2023. Our morning podcasts are focused on current safety topics. Here's a rundown of today's events. Today is National Eyewear Day. I wear glasses, so therefore, I wear Dave's <laughs> So does Dave. Are you a contact guy, and I just don't know it, Chad? No, I'm not. No glasses, no contacts. Um, sunglasses are right. The summer months are here. So if you uh, have eyeglasses or if you're wearing fancy sunglasses, Tim, do you have glasses that when you go outside the – you know, the colors change and the ones you're wearing. Is that what you've got? That's what you're rocking, yeah? For my um, normal everyday eyewear, yes. But for uh, my safety glasses, you can't have auto darkening, uh, whatever they call that stuff. For uh, mm -hmm. safety glasses, they don't make that uh, for obvious reasons. So, no, when I'm out in a job site, I'm rocking clear prescription safety glasses. So, yeah. Yep, yep. I've tried contacts, and it's... um. It didn't go well for me. I can't get them in. So, and they just, they bother the heck out of me. So I just switch because I only need mine for reading really. Um, my near vision is that of an old man. Um, my dad told me, I said, dad, I think I need glasses now. He said, yeah, you either need glasses or a trombone. <laughs> you need uh, arm extensions or, uh, or reading glasses. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> We've also come, uh, on the list next is National Yo-Yo Day. Is yo yo? I guess a lot of yo-yos. Do you know that yo-yos were actually originally an Aboriginal weapon? They weighed about eight pounds, or I'm sorry, eleven pounds, and they would sit in a tree. And as you went by, they would literally knock someone on the head and pull it back. And that's where the yo-yo <laughs> came from. That's awesome. And, and I can say as a kid, I think I've hit or been hit by a yo-yo a time or two and never knew that. <laughs> it wasn't 11 pounder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that you had to get like the nice butterfly ones or the other. One. I remember that was a big thing uh, in our teen years. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Uh, oh, when we were kids too. Walk, walk the, the dog. dog. Yeah. Around see? the world. Mm -hmm. oh, Baby yeah. in the cradle. Yeah, so we're doing I, it yeah, that so was, there we're was doing a trees, but these are really weapons of warfare. That's what you're saying, Dave. We're yes. using these yes. entirely wrong. And, and you know, it's it shouldn't be lost that there were some kids somewhere that figure how to throw that thing out and pull it back real quick and bop somebody. I'm I'm sure of that because I may have accidentally hit myself a time or two learning how to do it around the world and and all those oh, yeah. upsies and downs. Yeah, yeah, yo-yos were were fun back in the day. So, oh yeah. Absolutely. Uh, last one on the list today is National Drive-In Day, which I think there's like you know half a dozen left in the country. Which and is one of them is less than five miles from where Chad and I both live. That's right. Yeah, I um, I think we have one somewhere around here. I haven't been, but uh, we used to go to the one down when we lived in Florida. I think it was in. Uh, I think it might have been in Plant City. I don't think it was right in Lakeland, but we, we used to go to one down there. And, uh, Knowing yeah. that my wife is one of our, our listeners, I'm going to say I hate drive-ins, and it's because of her. 
She wants a car facing front. She wants a car facing back. She wants to sit outside. There's too many bugs. She wants to sit inside. She wants air conditioning on. The music isn't right. Uh, she has to go pee, and I have to escort her across six acres of very dark uh, uh, gravel to get her there. And then she wants to get something to eat on another trip. And it's um, and then, oh, my gosh, when the kids were little, um. Yeah, when the kids were little, it was uh, they wanted to go and run and play and do all the things. Now the grandkids go out there. It is definitely that is the first part of my dislike for drive-ins. My second part is I go to bed early, so when the second movie starts, it's way past my bedtime. I'm already sleeping, and that's usually the good one. <laughs> so let's talk the drive-in, circa 1975. Um, my my parents took us to see Jaws at oh. the drive-in. <laughs> Okay, so if you've ever seen Jaws back in the day, it was terrifying, right? Yep. Anyway, so we are uh, we we pull up and we get everything ready. And for those of you who are not familiar, it used to be that you would have to grab the speaker and hang it in your window, and that's where your sound came from. Um, the more modern ones that you can get a radio station, but you used to have to hang this big clunky speaker, so your window was always half open, right? Um, so my dad's got the speaker in there and we're sitting there and we're getting ready for the movie and everything, you know, the, the, the guys dancing across the screen, get your popcorn and all that. And <laughs> someone pulls up next to us nice and slow and goes, Hey, Bitter, is that you? And it was our neighbor that lives behind us that pulled up right next to us. So at some point, my dad and the neighbor are talking out the window during the movie, but they're watching the movie at the same time. And it was the, the part where Jaws jumps out of the water at the boat and my dad hit his head on the top of the door. <laughs> so <laughs> flipping hard. I think he got knocked loopy. And, you know, I'm like 10 years old. We're sitting in the backseat just laughing, laughing. And, and now to this day, my dad's like, I hate that movie. <laughs> And I hear him saying, shut up, that's not funny. <laughs> so, so there's my Jaws in the Drive-In Circa 1975 story. Well, one, of my, one of my uh, uh, less favorite moments in a drive-in uh, was with all the kids, we brought a cooler along and had all of our, our drinks in the cooler. And and I put it next to the vehicle outside so the kids could get out, get it, you know, their drink, get back in again. So it was easily accessible. And I opened up the door to grab myself a drink and some jerk and walked by and picked up my cooler when I was sitting there watching a movie three inches away and stole that damn thing. And I was so into the movie, I didn't see it happening. So when I say I don't like movies, uh, drive-in movie theaters, just know that um, I've had a lot of negative experiences and it just doesn't get better for me. But Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just a comedy of... Um, of I thought you were. I thought you were the guy in the trunk that had to sneak into the drive-in theater. No, and it was, come on, man, let me out, let me out. I, I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 one of my earliest memories of going without my parents was seeing Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band uh, with Frampton and the Bee Gees, and and yeah. Uh, no, we never did that. It was always, you know, it was by the car load up in Wisconsin, so you weren't paying by the person. So I mean, what the hell? You didn't have to be in the trunk sit in the back seat so yeah that was one of those cool ones <laughs> traumatized traumatized is there a, a food one today chad there is 
a food one today, which is National Applesauce Cake Day. The only like one on the list. And I'm sure I've had applesauce cake before, but it, I love apple. I love applesauce. So applesauce cake. I cannot it make it. Is that is that to make it moist or is it actually got applesauce in it? Or I know I know I it's like sometimes you could you go can... you could probably do it either way. So some people mm-hmm. use applesauce to make it moist. My wife's grandmother used to make an applesauce cake at Christmas, which I think was sort of like the applesauce was used as the the icing in, in some way or something like that. She's made it like one time, but I don't think it turned out the way she wanted it to. But I think you could go either way. I guess just depends on what you're what you're looking for. That was the only food one on the list today. Applesauce cake day. Hmm. Usually, there's uh, we have to like uh, ask you to narrow it down yet. But I, I, I I'm sure I've had it, but I'm sure it is it is wasn't high enough to say it ranked up there with with other cakes and pies that I mm-hmm. like. I, you said it. I'm like, huh. I'm sure I've had it. I just don't mm-hmm. remember when. So we talked about the trauma of Jaws, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and 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 that is uh, can certainly be a mental health issue. And um, uh, June is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we have invited a guest in uh, who is an expert on grief. And I wanted to give her an opportunity to jump on here and um, um, talk a little bit about grief. Bittner, remember, safety is everyone's business. Everyone have a safe week. On this morning's podcast, we want to bring in a guest we had on earlier in the week, uh, Jennifer Landon from the Vermont, New Hampshire, ABC. And she has her own company called Grief Sensitivity or Your Grief Matters. And she does grief sensitivity training. And, and Jennifer, I want you to introduce yourself to our listeners Uh, about who you are and why grief is such a big part of your passion. Thank you. So um, as the Vice President of Education and Workforce Development for Associated Builders and Contractors, uh, one of my roles is to facilitate a leadership class. The business consultant that we hired to uh, co-facilitate lost her son in a military training accident, Captain Nicholas Peter Lasapio. Um, He lost his life in a military training accident. And as a result of that, um, I kind of projected myself into this world of grief, um, grief education and grief coaching to help my friend process her grief, in addition to helping organizations understand the impact of grief um, on both the person who is grieving and everybody else around them. So we were talking on our other evening podcast about the uh, how what employers need to do now. As you were going through all of this, I was, I was, I was caught off guard in that that employers really have to to consider the psychological safety of these construction workers. Um, and and I was I, once again, you caught me off guard that that I need to as as an executive to create this, this culture of psychological safety. And, and I'd like you to talk just a little bit about creating that trust and what a culture of psychological safety includes. Thank you. So if we take a look at what the construction sector is doing right now to address mental health 
mm-hmm. um, and suicide prevention. It's really very much in line with those same um, those same topics. So we talk about mental health awareness. We talk about suicide prevention. We don't talk about grief. And they they all um, have so many similarities to them. And it's really building this, this culture of psychological safety. And really what that entails is uh, a, a culture of trust mm-hmm. so that if I am having some kind of an emotion, if I'm having some kind of, of a challenge, do I work for an organization that I can walk into and talk to somebody and say, I'm having this issue, I need help? And do you have the services available to help that employee? Um, if we take a look at it, if I put my workforce development hat on mm-hmm. and we take a look at this from a workforce development standpoint, we need to do everything we can to retain our workforce. Absolutely. So Jennifer, Jennifer, let me put you on the spot for a quick second here. Um, so what are some, what are some, kind of guidelines, simple tips that a, a supervisor, manager, or anybody who's going to interface with someone who's just suffered a terrible loss, uh, what are just, I, I mean, you can't give the whole answer, obviously, but what are some things we can do to be sensitive to that person and not be so awkward like we talked about and kind of tripping over our own tongues? One of the things that you can do is to find out from the employee what their needs are and they may not know what their needs are right away so it's first of all understanding um it's understanding grief and what the grief process entails um and then finding out from the employee how is it that they need to process their grief what is it that they need to perform successfully at work and safely right because that's a big thing what we need to do is we need to find out from the employees what what do they need? And they may not even be aware of what it is that they need. Um, but it's having this, this awareness and the sensitivity that the person is grieving and they may not be processing things the way that they used to. It's understanding how grief affects the brain and the body. It's understanding that grief, um, they may not be able to concentrate as much as they used to. And when you're looking at it from a safety standpoint, it's really being aware that if that person is grieving, just having that awareness that they may, they may need some additional support. Um, And that additional support can come in this, in the sense to listen. Sometimes it's just listening, giving them an awareness that there is a safe space for them. If they're having what I like to refer to as a grief bomb or grief trigger, Mm -hmm. Um, if something happens, are they going to feel comfortable going up to somebody and saying, Hey, I need five minutes. Right. Right. I'm having a moment. Okay. So, so grief isn't just, thank you. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yes. So grief just isn't the death of a, of a loved one. It could be the breakup of a relationship. Uh, I think you used uh, in our other podcast, disenfranchised grief, loss of a pet, loss of a friend. Um, this is probably uh, equal to losing a coworker as well, too. These are all different kinds of grief, but they're still grief, right? Yes. Yeah. So grief is really any kind of profound loss. So losing the lottery every Saturday night is profound <laughs> loss. Of course, I don't lose the $2 because do. I don't buy the ticket. So... <laughs> um, so, so Jennifer, I, I we, we have very limited time in the morning. We try to move things along. Um, 
you actually offer a grief sensitivity training, correct? Yes. Yes, so I do that through my company, you? Your Grief Matters. So how can people get in touch with you at Your Grief Matters? Is it Facebook and the email you? Um, what can we do? Well, I have a Facebook group, Your Grief Matters. Um, I am working on my website right now, so but that's not up and running. Uh, my email address is yourgriefmatters at outlook.com. Okay. All right. And uh, do you do this training in person? Do you do it virtually? What's the, uh, what are the parameters? How long does it take? Give me the logistics of this. Sure. So I can do it in person. That's my preference. Um, that would also, you know, incur some travel costs, obviously. Sure. Um, I'm very adept at doing these types of trainings via Zoom as well with breakout rooms, et cetera. Um, I would say um, kind of a high level training um, would be hour, hour and a half. It would be my preference. Um, I've done a few conferences. The hour long workshops are a little difficult because I'm not able to get people engaged as much as I'd like to. An hour and a half is the sweet spot um, sure. for full on um, grief sensitivity training. I'd be looking at um, a four hour okay. time slot. Right, from one to four hour, depending on your needs yep. and, the, and the audience in the room. Are there geographic limitations? We have 75,000 daily downloads to this podcast and uh we they're all over the country so is there do you like to stay on the east coast or are you willing to go anywhere to help people with their grief i'm willing to go anywhere to help people with their grief um, i'm going to be out in portland um, oregon at the end of august uh, doing a workshop for the national association of women in construction all right. so i'm anyway, willing to travel we're, anywhere we're also to do members this of because that. i yeah mm -hmm. I, I feel that passionate about this this topic great well, maybe we'll see you out there. At least some of my team will be out there. We're also a member of uh, NAWIC, a uh, corporate sponsor over there too. So so Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us on our Safety Unlocked, the morning show podcast. Uh, we're going to wrap it up with our other team, uh, uh, Tim, uh, Chad, and Dave. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Thank Jennifer. you. And yeah, those are um, some really important things to think about in relation to grief, uh, all the different ways that you can experience it. Um, and I think it's one thing in our culture that we just need to talk about more with the way mental health is going, um, not only to know when it's appropriate to grieve, what that process looks like, um, coming alongside people who also need to, need to grieve. I think sometimes a key thing, too, is just, uh, you know, permission to grieve. Some people, um, it may sound strange, but some people might need to be reminded that it's okay for you to feel this way. It's okay for you to grieve this process. Um, you know, I, I lost my mom about a, a year and a half ago. Um, my dad's grieving process, I think to this day, in a lot of ways is still continuing. Um, and it's just coming alongside even him saying that it's okay. You know, it's okay to feel this way. It's okay to continue feeling this way. Of course we want to try and make improvements, but um Everybody grieves differently, uh, but sometimes people just need to be uh, told it's okay to, to feel those things. So uh, all important concepts and just take take the time for yourself. If, if you need to grieve, please, please do so and hope that the podcast is helpful for you today. Great comments. Thanks, Chad. Uh, that wraps up this episode of Safety Unlocked, The Morning Show. I'm Tim Neubauer with Chad Huffman and Dave Fittner. And I'm Dave. You've been listening to Safety Unlocked, a podcast for safety people by safety people. Brought to you by 
Exceed Safety. Visit our website at ExceedSafetyLLC.com or call us at 919-728-SAFE. We want you to succeed. We'll help you 